0: Hey, listeners, are you a financial services leader looking to take your business to the next level? Look no further than intentionally. Our team of experts can help you develop a winning marketing strategy and program that will elevate your brand and drive revenue growth. So why wait? Contact me at Tina at Grow Intentionally to learn more about how intentionally can transform the way you grow your business.
1: On this week's episode of In the Suite with Tina Powell
2: it's just about you know you and everyone else who's here who or willing to go all in and yeah uh, you know, it was interesting the last session of the day I've got some of the biggest names in uh, in wealth management on the stage and they each were talking about how many market council summits they attended and then I you know started kind of tearing up like I'm like That's amazing you know when you think of how much time they've set aside over the years they get it like they get that we're queuing up topics and issues from the stage where we're having some civilized debate, but in the end, it's not about talking to the advisor, which is really what's done at so many conferences. It's about initiating a conversation with them.
0: Hi, this is Tina Powell, host of In the Swede where I sit down with top women leaders and some of the biggest names in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Together we'll discover some of their best secrets and top strategies to grow great business, build a strong brand and lead teams in the 21st century. I hope you'll enjoy hearing their amazing personal stories of triumph, trepidation and transformation in hopes of becoming better leaders ourselves. The time for you to lead is now and you're in the suite. Hey listeners, today we're taking you on an exclusive journey behind the scenes of one of the industry's most coveted events, the Market Council Summit 2022. We spent an entire day, one day, recording 18 back-to-back podcast interviews. It was a marathon and we couldn't have done it without the help of some truly amazing people. A huge Thank you goes out to Brian Hamburger and Ryan Marcus from Market Council who helped make this episode possible. Eric Ellis, conference and event manager here from Intentionally was an incredible event wingman. And Kevin Hershorn, our podcast producer and editor at large who worked miracles to bring it all together. Last but not least, I want to express my gratitude to the 18 guests you'll hear from in this episode. These experts and thought leaders generously shared of their time, insights, and talents with us, and I couldn't be more grateful. Without further ado, here they are in alphabetical order by first name. Aaron Klein, Brian Hamburger, Brian McLaughlin, David Cantor, David Wood, Eric Clark, Eric Goads, Joe Anthony, Joel Bruckenstein, Martine Lellis, Meg Carpenter, Scott McKillop, Shannon Spotswood, Spencer Siegel, Stephanie Bogan, Solman Din, Tony Steech, Zach Conway. So whether you're a business leader, an entrepreneur, or simply interested in the future of wealth management, this is an industry you won't want to miss in the suite. I've invited Brian Hamburger, the founder and CEO of Market Council, who generously gave of his time to join us in the suite to kick things off. It's
3: day one. You started yesterday like it's really day and a half because when I came here yesterday, you greeted not only me and I put this on my LinkedIn post. You're there to welcome everybody. Like you treat everybody humbly and just with such thought and such care.
2: Well thank you. I mean it's it's uh it, it really is uh so humbling uh to have so many uh legendary leaders from throughout the industry and founders and top executives from uh some global brand names throughout the financial services space uh, set their time aside so close to the end of the year uh, to come here and to and to share. And um I think the the only way to reciprocate that and to, and to show your gratitude is to outwardly um, be there and be present. And uh, so thank you. Uh, but really, it's um, it's just about, you know, you and everyone else who's here who is who are willing to go all in. And, uh, you know, it was interesting the last session of the day, we've got some of the biggest names in, uh, in wealth management on the stage. And they each... We're talking about how many market council summits they attended, and I, you know, started kind of tearing up. Like I'm like, That's amazing, you know, when you think of how much time they've set aside over the years. But they also said, "I know we're going to our evening reception, mm. right? And so we're not going to have this any longer. We'll continue the conversation over a cocktail." And I'm like, they get it. Like they get that we're chewing up topics and issues from the stage where we're having some civilized debate, but. In the end, it's not about talking to the advisor, which is really what's done at so many conferences. It's about initiating the conversation with them and spurring a conversation among them. And um, I mean, it's it's just more than I, I would have ever imagined, and it's just exactly what we designed, you know, when we set out to uh, to put all this together. So it's just really cool to see it all come
4: together.
0: Listening to this impact clip from my conversation with joe anthony president and co-owner of gregory fca one of the largest pr firms in the country joe emphasizes the critical role of trust and credibility in the financial services industry and the importance of connecting with people on a personal level a big reason to attend the market council summit
5: well you know what's interesting tina is that i think we're fundamentally in a business that sells trust and credibility. And the way that most people in our line of work get to know is getting to know people, either in person or events like this, which, by the way, is a big reason why I come here is actually get to know people, understand what makes them tick, because they're my audience, right? So you think about our business helping advisors, helping fintech firms grow, market themselves. They need to connect. They need to be able to build a level of trust and credibility. And from there, they can open the doors to other opportunities. Once people feel like they know them, trust them, can either give them their business, give them their wallet share, whatever they're after.
3: Yeah, and that credibility part goes a long way
0: Joining us in the suite is my friend Meg Carpenter, CEO of FICOM Partners, an integrated communications agency with a specialized focus in financial services. Meg reflects on the evolution of marketing and financial services industry, and she shares her excitement for the current environment that's allowing advisors to succeed through digital efforts and human to human connections. But to think back to when I started and advisors were
6: actually cold calling like boiler room style phones on top of filing cabinets to where we are today, which you and I have this like most amazing opportunity to be on the front row to watch these advisors who are leading in the digital efforts and in the efforts to connect with people on a human to human way through mediums such as podcasts and videos. I think we're in the best environment that we've ever been in for advisors to succeed with their marketing efforts.
3: What do you see right now in terms of, like, transformational effects of what happens to both an advisor, I guess it's kind of the witness leading the question, like, you know, selfishly, I, I really want to see more advisors utilize this medium. I mean, you know me, I'm a big believer and there's
6: no magic bullet and there's no one right answer, so... The work that we do at FICOM, both on the agency side with large wealth management businesses across the U.S. and then on our advisor growth marketing side with the individual financial advisors, we believe that like the transformational growth that marketing can drive towards is really about just getting clear on why do you do what you do? Who do you do it for? And what
0: is the change that you want to create? fresh off the heels of Mount Huron in Colorado. Scott McKillop, founder and CEO of First Ascent Asset Management, the industry's first flat fee TAMP, shares his passion for mountain climbing and the feeling of accomplishments he gets from reaching the summit. He also discusses how he used LinkedIn to share his thoughts and experiences with the advisor community to inspire and encourage others going through similar challenges.
7: I climb a lot of mountains during the summertime, sometimes even in the wintertime. And uh, just recently finished a climb of Mount Huron, which is a 14-er in Colorado. It's a, uh, every time I go up one of those things, I wonder why I'm doing it. But once I get to the summit, then I, uh, I appreciate the accomplishment. So feels good up there.
3: Well, I also, too, am very inspired by your posts on LinkedIn. You and I, I talked a little bit about that yesterday.
7: LinkedIn is such a great communication tool it seems to me anyway a shame to try to use it to sell stuff you know so what I do instead with it is try to share things and I'm old enough now and have been up enough mountains and down enough valleys to have some thoughts about things and I know there are a lot of people out there that are going through the same things that I'm going through the same challenges and so what I'm really trying to do is just bring some common ground to bear there and just share some of the thoughts that I have and I know that there are people out there that are going through the same thing and and maybe it'll give them some encouragement and some inspiration and that's my goal anyway.
0: Here's my conversation in the suite with Sulman Din, Advisor Intelligence Lead at Advisor Engine, a leading provider of digital wealth management technology solutions. Sulman is the Editor-in-Chief of Action, a magazine that offers actionable content for wealth management leaders. Through Action, we discuss the need to provide timely and relevant information that enables wealth management professionals to serve their clients and better grow their business.
1: When you talked about rebranding and, and new ideas, that's kind of like the idea behind action, being in an in, in industry and covering it for a while. I always felt like we got to the point where we were telling people about their challenges and then that next step, like how do we actually help you find a solution? We weren't doing that. And that's where action really comes in, where it's like, let's talk about your, the, your challenges, but from the perspective of like, let's help you find a solution. And then secondly, Recognizing that, hey, you know what? It's not just simply advisors who make up this industry. There's all the other people who are involved. In fact, making a lot of critical decisions, who are not advisors, but they are sort of that support staff uh, on the operation sides, client relationships, uh, the managers on the technology side. They're, even the admin assistants. Everybody's involved in in building that practice together. So we should have a more holistic, expansive view that kind of like talks to everybody's challenges. So we try to hit that in action.
0: In the spirit around the core theme of community, we hear from Brian McLaughlin, president of Orion Advisor Technology, about how they create a sense of community and culture among their users for Redtail CRM. Orion Advisor Technology is a tech powerhouse designed to bring together leading edge technology and wealth management. Brian believes that FinTech founders, Can learn from this approach and focus on creating raving fans by bringing the community together and embracing them.
8: We ask our uh, users to submit dog photos of their dogs, and we pick three a month picked by the employees. That's cool. We have thousands of imagery items now, images now, and so we just go through and we, we literally pick three a month. And then we send a copy of it and they get their dog and their name is on the front website of the login page for one month.
3: See, I think that so I think that fintech founders can take a page out of out of that. We always were trying to ex, like trying to explain, like that's what the
8: mantra of raving fans, making raving fans have said at Redtail for twenty years. What's your job? What's your responsibility here? Make raving fans. So that means a lot of different things. But one of the things it means is bring the community, the culture of us internal. Mm-hmm. Well, Externally bringing you in, embracing you, and saying, "Hey, can we be part of the group? We're here to help you." At the end of the day, is that's what we're here for. We're here to make you a better business, improve your abilities to service clients, that type of stuff. So we've just really ingrained that in them. The dogs is a great conduit, but honestly, I just when I named it Red Tail, I came up with it from I just got my first golden retriever, yeah, you know, and it had a red tail. That's literally what it was, and I just didn't want to be the same of like data this or easy you know whatever there were other names out there i was going to compete with and i'm like you rich house is a cool name this is fun with this because what's the point of anything we do in life if we're not having fun
0: next up is eric clark the ceo of orion advisor solutions orion is a leading portfolio management and reporting platform that serves independent financial advisors How does Orion leverage technology to supercharge advisor growth? Eric delves into his collaboration with Dr. Daniel Crosby, an esteemed behavioral finance expert, and shares how they enhance the service advisors offer their clients.
9: He's abused is always really important, creating that great user experience so that Not only can we reduce the training burden, so to speak, on getting staff up to speed, but also I think through an incredible user experience and some of the insights that we've learned from Dr. Crosby over the past couple of years, we can do things with the technology that will help the advisors go back to the number one goal that we have of help the advisor grow. Through an inviting user experience uh, that we can extend through the client world, It will help the advisor uncover assets that they may not have known about otherwise by presenting a really elegant balance sheet Mm -hmm. and uh, a nice and inviting way for the client to, want to consolidate their assets and organize their financial lives and, in turn, help the advisor grow. So, you know, we're learning so much from Dr. Crosby each and every day that we work together, have a lot of admiration for him and for you know the thought leadership that not only is he brought to our organization of Orion but more broadly the industry
0: While we're on the subject of growth, I've invited Aaron Klein, CEO of Riskalyze, the industry-leading growth platform for wealth management firms, to share his insights on achieving growth in the financial advising industry. From commitment and taking risks to making strategic investments in technology, Aaron emphasizes the importance of being clear about your goals and taking the necessary actions to achieve them.
5: Growth requires work and growth re- requires commitment and growth requires taking risks and growth requires just not sitting back. Like You have to be very leaned in to drive growth. And I mean, that's true whether you're uh, running a wealth management firm or frankly, just want to be engaged with a financial advisor to figure out how to create the right kind of growth for yourself, financially speaking. It, it, it requires work. It gets us out of our comfort zone. So I think You know, that that's that's the challenge. And, you know, the number one thing that I think is really important is for firms just be really clear with themselves about what they want to do. If you want to build just a simple lifestyle business, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I feel like that's sometimes a bad word. Lifestyle businesses are great businesses for certain types of people, but that you're going to you're going to do a very different set of things. If you're pursuing a lifestyle business than if you're actually trying to grow a thriving, growing wealth management practice. And those are those are just two very different activities instead of investments that you're going to make, whether it's marketing dollars or a growth platform or technology or things like that. Like, it's just a very different set of of actions and and investments you're going to make.
0: That's great advice. Joining us next in the suite is Joel Bruckenstein, a leading expert and thought leader in financial technology and the founder of T3 Technology Hub. I've asked Joel to share his insights on how firms can effectively evaluate their technology needs and identify blind spots that may inhibit their growth.
2: Well, I think the first thing from a tech perspective anyway is to really understand where you are today and where what your strengths and weaknesses are. So, you know, to your point, I don't think a lot of firms, I mean, we do a lot of consulting, and I think a lot of firms have blind spots um, that they don't really realize there's something going on there that's inhibiting their growth from a technology perspective, and you really need either to have your own folks do it or have consultants do it, it doesn't really matter, but have an honest conversation about what works and what doesn't. Uh, people in general are resistant to change. It's one of the biggest impediments to, uh, you know, implementing better technology. And and I guess the point is, just buying better technology is not going to solve the problem. You have to fix the people problem as well.
0: Hey, listeners, whether you're a CEO, an aspiring entrepreneur, or simply someone that wants to grow and succeed, In The Sweet Pod has something for you. Follow us on Instagram at In The Sweet Pod to stay up to date on all our latest episodes and engaging content. Don't miss the opportunity to join our conversation and become part of our growing community of 3,386 amazing followers. We appreciate it so, so much. Zach Conway, founder and CEO of Seeds Investor, a B2B platform that empowers advisors to create customized portfolio that align with investor values and financial goals. In this clip, Zach addresses the pressing issues of organic growth for advisors. By emphasizing the importance of a client-centric approach, Zach offers valuable insights into how advisors can achieve sustainable growth in the current market environment.
3: When the sun shines, it shines bright. When it rains, it really rains. So what do you think right now are the 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 key areas that advisors need to like address in terms of if they want that if they want that growth?
10: And and I would say they need that growth, right? Mm-hmm. The growth thing, it's essentially non existent if it weren't for to your point what the markets have done on our behalf. So how do advisors actually organically grow? And I think ironically, advisors, we always talk about understanding that a lot of our services are commoditized right even that deep holistic financial planning and that great asset management component of what we do we know that services have sort of taken over that part of what we do but from a marketing standpoint that's what we're still selling as our value prop come to us because we have the best products and services and we're the best asset managers and again like we touched on and as you just said when the market doesn't work with us on on that story then clients realize that right and, and they're not going to continue to work with advisors where that's been sort of the sole value so having advisors really tell a story of what the customer is asking us to tell which is we're going to better understand you what's most important to you and then deliver the right solutions around what we understand
0: I've asked Tony Steech, Chief Revenue Officer for Entrustity, a digital first custodian and technology company empowering experiences for advisors and their clients to join us in the suite to talk more about the central theme of shifts in the advisor industry towards next-gen technology. Tony predicts a sea of change will encourage more traditional advisors to lean into podcasting and video.
10: We're starting to see the sea change, if you will. We're starting to see these, especially the younger advisors, embrace next-generation technology, if it's video, if it's podcasting, um, whatever that case is. So we're seeing that sea change happen, and I think what'll happen is it'll drive more traditional advisors or people that are kind of scared to do that actually drive them toward doing that because everyone else is doing it. But on the topic of the word scared, I think that's something we need to work on with advisors. A lot of them are fearful about taking that... Um, that step, right? Uh, there's a fear of failure. There's a fear of not appealing to these you know, end investors that you're trying to attract. And so we need to work on that, I think. I think that's probably the biggest hang up, honestly, is, is the fear.
0: It's hard to believe that 20 years ago, Actify was just an idea in the mind of Spencer Siegel, its CEO and founder. Today, it's the industry leader in driving higher organic growth, higher retention, and greater platform adoption within the financial services industry. Spencer has been a driving force in the digital transformation of the wealth management industry and his passion for helping financial advisors grow their business led him to create Actify, all because he wanted to make things easier for them.
4: Why am I more excited today than I was before? It's the the one thing that hasn't changed about Actify. And I literally wrote this mission mission statement prior to starting the company, which is to enable financial institutions and their advisors to deliver world-class integrated advice more effectively and profitably. And I've thought about that mission and really that question, well, how do you enable financial institutions and their advisors to deliver world-class integrated advice more effectively and profitably? Like 6,700 consecutive days. And with the explosion of technology and the evolution of the product solutions and the evolution of just solutions in general, the ability to answer that question today is completely different than where it was 20 years ago. So that's the big picture. To kind of unpack it, specifically, what we have found is that firms really need to do for their employees what they're asking them to do for the end investor clients, which is what, in a wealth management business, if we want to deliver world-class integrated advice, what do we need to do? We need to understand our clients. We really need to understand them not only what their financial goals are, but understand them as people. What, what are they willing to do and not willing to do? What are some of those interpersonal dynamics between two partners, et cetera? Uh, then we need to put a plan together. We need to have a plan of, well, how are we going to help them achieve their goals? And we've got to execute that plan. Well, are we doing that for the people that we serve? If I own an advisory firm or a broker-dealer or a bank or a TAMP, How well do I understand my advisor's goals? What do do they need? How well do I know where they're at in their careers? Have I put a plan together with them to achieve their business goals, and am I effectively executing that plan? And that's where our sweet spot is, is is really that enhancing that relationship and really empowering the advisors and the client-facing employees to deliver that experience.
0: Listen to David Wood, founder and chief visionary officer of Gateway Financial Partners, discussing the similarities between the physician market and the financial services industry. Gateway Financial Partners is an independent financial services firm headquartered in Glastonbury, Connecticut, supporting advisors in 15 states. Would suggest that financial advisors can gain competitive advantages by outsourcing certain aspects of their businesses, such as technology, marketing, and managing people to achieve greater growth and profitability.
11: I think mean, one of the, the commonalities is, is physicians. If you go back to and look at the progression of the physician market, it was in 2002, uh, 75% of physicians own their own practice and 25% work for a hospital. If you look at that, or if you looked at a doctor's office, it looked very much like a small, uh, either a solo advisor today or a, or an ensemble practice. And that, that's the fact that there was a doctor, maybe a physician's assistant, and a receptionist who did scheduling and billing. So it looked a lot like a financial services office today. But here's the transformation that happened. So 2002, 75% of doctors owned the practice. Nine years later in 2011, those numbers flip-flopped. Three years later was eighty five fifteen, mm. and today you can't find a doctor that owns his own practice. So, so the difference is the doctor still sees patients, but they're not dealing with all of the other complexities that, let's face it, they're not any good at. A lot of financial advisors aren't good at. They're not good at technology. They're not good at maybe managing people and training people. Uh, they're they're not good at marketing, right? So, if if a, if a financial advisor like the doctor did outsources those things, I think what that ultimately leads to is at least a lot more a lot more growth and a lot more profitability in the organization.
0: With advancements in technology and shifting demographics, traditional approaches to financial advising are no longer effective. This, according to Stephanie Bogan, founder of Limitless Advisor who emphasizes the importance of differentiation and specialization, as well as the growing desire for consumers to have control over their financial lives. Limitless Advisor Coaching is a full-year coaching program that delivers everything you need to lean in and learn to build a limitless practice and life that you love.
12: So what we're doing, you know, with service models, for example, right, three to five years from now, that should be the standard, right? Mm. And so there's just so much. Advisors are largely operating the way they operated 10 years ago. And 10 years ago was an entirely different space. Tech wasn't doing what it's doing. You couldn't send videos to clients. You couldn't do testimonials. Right. So we're really, as, as the trends reshape, and you know, think about consumers. Demographics are changing. Preferences are changing. You know, we have people in their 30s who are, you know, so we had COVID where the entire world had a money in motion event at once and said, what is my relationship between work, my finances and the life that I'm experiencing? And 1.2 million extra people retired the next year. People have, you know, where you were in Costa Rica and people like it's crazy in Costa Rica. You know, everyone that ever wanted to do something like that in a virtual world, many people with their jobs now have that latitude. So it's reshaping. Like, how do you prospect right now? The trends that we're seeing, like differentiation and specialization, we're moving into an experience economy. We're definitely moving into more of like me generations. And right now, people are spending on themselves. They want to have control over their financial life. And so, consumers are, and their preferences are changing. So now we have people who have the desire to plan, who don't have the asset base, but they're happy to pay three, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars a year. So we have to reshape the practice. We have to reshape the fee schedule. We have to reshape how we market. So we're just seeing across those four phases, right? From the inception to marketing, to sales, to onboarding and servicing, we're just, if you're doing it the way that you were doing it 10 years ago, you're okay. It doesn't mean you're having a good practice, your clients don't love you, you're making good money. And people are always like, hey, Stephanie, how do you get those results? Right? how do you build that million dollar, hundred day off practice? I'm like, it's not that big a deal. A hundred days is Fridays off and eight weeks vacation. With a focus
0: on career paths, Martine Lellis, Chief Talent and Administrative Officer at Mercer Advisors, joins us in the suite at Market Council to explore how companies can support employees through mergers and acquisitions, dispelling fears and creating opportunities for growth. Mercer Advisors is a full-service wealth management firm that specializes in providing investment advice, financial and estate planning, and taxes, and corporate trustee and trust administration services. Listen in as we learn from our team how to turn a potentially overwhelming situation into something truly amazing.
13: I think it just comes in your intentional actions every day and what you're doing, it It goes back to what I was saying before. It's in consistent communication. It's in making sure that you have really strong career paths laid out for people. I mean, when they're coming on board, especially through the M&A process, they may be coming from companies that have three people or 10 people or 20 people. They're now joining an organization that has 900 people. That's overwhelming, right? So they have to step back for a minute and say, oh my goodness, it's sometimes a very big shock to the system. Sometimes there's stories in their head of what happened to a friend of theirs that went through an acquisition or somebody in their family that went through an acquisition, and they can be sometimes scary stories. So we have to dispel that, I think, quickly from the start and say, look, growth is really good for us, and what it does is create opportunity. So more likely than not, you're going to have lots of opportunity here to actually join into something that's really on its way to something really amazing.
0: To kick off this overarching theme of talent acquisition is Shannon Spotswood, president of RFG Advisory, a Financial Times award-winning high-growth hybrid REA for independent advisors. Shannon is a well-respected industry thought leader and speaker who believes that the keys to success in the financial advisory business lies in attracting and retaining top talent. In this clip, Shannon emphasizes the importance of being intentional and strategic and sourcing and onboarding talent, as well as promoting diversity within the industry.
6: At the end of the day, we are in a people business. And yet, if you talk to advisors, you will uncover within five minutes of a conversation, all of the trials and tribulations that they're having around talent. So it is long overdue for us as an industry to really be mining that very intentionally and, and thinking very strategically about who we're onboarding, where we're sourcing talent, how we can layer in very intentionally diversity into our companies, how are we going to scale and grow our businesses? So it's I'm, I'm really I'm really honored to to be speaking at at Market Council. That's a you know that's a big deal. It is an absolutely
0: big deal. I congratulate you on that. Here's David Cancer, President Blue Spring Wealth Partners, continuing our conversation about the importance of talent. Listen closely as David offers his best advice to ensure their partner firms have the best talent available at BlueSpring. BlueSpring are succession experts focused on customizable solutions for advisors transitioning their business and preserving their legacy.
14: The foundation and the future. Of the advice business, of really of any professional services business, you know it for what you do. It intentionally is all about talent. If you don't have talent, these businesses will not, you know, flow into the future. So that's something we're enormously focused on. I don't think a day goes by where we're not focused on it on behalf of our partner firms. That's what we call our partner firms at Blue Squaring. Uh, we call them uh, our partner firms, I should say, and then also in our home office team.
3: What do you want advisors and business leaders in the room to do as a result of being in your session? What's like, OK, I left. I feel empowered. I'm you know, ready to conquer the world. What should they do next? Two
14: two things. I mean, I like to say ABH, always be hiring. Make sure that you keep your pipeline robust because you never know when you're going to need it. And oftentimes um, you do need it, especially in the environment we've been in. And then the other thing is don't be afraid to... Maybe hire someone who is a little bit early in their career, but they need to be trained. Because guess what? If you ignore it, two years later, you could have been training them for two years. So those are the, those are the two things. Always be hiring. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to hire someone to train them.
0: Finally, to close us out is Eric Oates. Senior Consultant at FP Transitions, a specialized business consulting firm dedicated to wealth managers and independent financial advisors. Eric shares his insights on the challenges faced by firms in the succession planning process and the importance of having a team in place for successful transition.
15: What we're seeing is some of the major acquirers and consolidators are been a little bit more selective than they have been in the past. But there's still, you know, a very sort of high volume going on right now.
3: And what is the key driver around succession planning right now? What's the most popular reason that? Obviously, there are many different reasons. But what are you seeing?
15: Yeah, well, i break down succession planning really into two parts. You know, and we'd say internal succession or external succession. Right. So internal succession, by that we mean the founder, you know, we call them G1, Generation 1, is looking to get that person's equity out of the business by selling to generally younger advisors or younger professionals in the business. So that's a traditional succession plan. Still, most of the industry is handling succession that way. But there are others that either don't have the team in place where they don't think the team can afford to buy them out or they don't have the timeframe that it takes because it is a fairly lengthy process. They are looking to outside partners, either merger partners or acquisition partners.
0: You're listening to In the Suite, a podcast that shares amazing stories of women in business and the financial services and the wealth management industry. Our producers are Tina Powell and Kevin Hershorn. Our editor at large is Kevin Hershorn. Our content writers are Dimple Rashandani, Daniel Wheeler, and Tina Powell. In the Suite podcast is sponsored by Intentionally, the growth engine design consultancy firm, transforming the way financial technology and financial services companies approach marketing. To learn more, visit intention.ly. And please let us know how you enjoyed this amazing Market Council compilation episode and share your thoughts on social media, hashtag in the suite. And thank you so, 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 so much for listening and subscribing and giving us five-star reviews. We are so grateful. We've got listeners in... 1,388 cities and 66 countries. That is a world record for us here in the suite. So thank you we all so much to you. Feel free to email me at tina at inthesuitepodcast.com to pitch guests for season four and let us know who you want to see here in the suite. Again, thank you so much for listening and subscribing to In the Suite.